together this morning. This is the Apostle Paul writing, and, and here's what he had to say. Let's read this. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Today we are continuing in our series that we started last week titled Collide. Last week we kicked things off by looking at the biblical principles on, of standing firm in our faith. The world attempts to offer us a set of values that are directly opposed to those found in the Word of God. And while those values, those worldly values, are initially seductive, they are ultimately inconsistent and difficult, if not impossible, to stand on. The only way that we can pursue the things of Christ is to allow ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit into all truth, and it is only when we make the choice to do that that we will start to experience the abundant life that Christ came to give us. We have a lot of options. We all have choices. Nobody can make you serve the Lord, because if they did, it wouldn't be in your heart, it would just be on the outside. So we all have choices. And someone might be thinking right now, well, I heard what you said last week, or I, I hear what you're saying now, but even if I do agree with you, how do I keep that experience going day to day? And we're going to do our best to answer that question today and over the next two weeks. As we saw last week, in order to live a life that is pleasing to the Word of God, we must build our lives on a foundation, a firm foundation, and that is the Word of God. And then we must choose to stand firm on that foundation. We can know the Bible. We can know what the Word of God says. But if we don't follow it and we don't stand firm on it, it's just here. It's just head knowledge. It needs to be heart knowledge. And once we have made that choice, then God desires three things from us as we move forward in life. The first one is what I want us to look at today, and that is being transformed. Being transformed. In 2007, the first of six Transformers movies was released. Pretty sure there were six of them. As a result of the huge popularity of the movies, when I say huge popularity, there was approximately $5 billion of popularity. So as a result of the huge popularity of the movies, there were cartoon spinoffs, comic books, uh, lots of toys. If you had kids anytime around that time, Transformer toys, and a host of other merchandise was produced. The reason these movie franchises were so successful had much to do with the very idea or concept of transforming. If you saw the movies, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, then let me give you the short version. The premise of the movie was that ordinary cars or trucks would transform into superheroes or in some cases supervillains that had amazing abilities and powers. You can see this is Bumblebee who transformed from a Camaro. And here's the point. The point was that regardless how great the cars were in their original state, they were still somewhat ordinary. But once these ordinary vehicles were transformed, they were truly extraordinary. In fact, they were transformed to the place where they were unrecognizable. Hold on to that. 
I believe that God wants the same thing to happen in our lives. Simply said, God wants to see ordinary people transformed into something extraordinary, even to the point of being unrecognizable when compared to who they used to be. You with me so far? There are many folks, maybe even some here today, who have never made a start to follow Jesus. And they're content with doing exactly what they're doing and living and doing the things of this world. There are others who, although at some point in their life they made a start to live for the Lord, they have been tempted to follow or have given in to following or pursuing the patterns of the world as opposed to staying on track and growing in their Christian walk. There are others who have lived for the Lord for years, maybe even been faithful to church, done things in and around the church, but even then, they have never experienced the transformation that Paul was writing about in our scripture text today. And thankfully, there are also those who have been transformed, and they have not returned to where they used to be before they came to Christ. And today, they are still living out that life of transformation that we are looking at today. I say that to you to say this. I don't know which of those four scenarios best describes where you are right now. So this sermon today is not aimed at any one group or any certain person. Instead, it is for each of us today, regardless where we find ourselves in those scenarios I mentioned. And while I don't know where you are in those four scenarios, I do know that while we might all be at different places in our journey, we must all make sure we have not only been transformed, but that we are allowing God to continually transform us into what he wants us to be. As I was thinking about this sermon this morning, I was, I was thinking about something that would be absolutely a disaster. You have this car in the movie. It was a regular-sized car. If that car started that transformation process into that superhero and stopped in the middle of transformation, it wouldn't be useful as a car, and it wouldn't be useful as a superhero because it was in the middle, and because it was somewhere in the middle, it wasn't completely transformed. Because of that, it was pretty much useless. And I will tell you, as we make our journey into this transformation of God transforming us into who he wants us to be, we need to make sure that we allow him to transform us completely. There are folks that get, they come to church and they get a little excited and the altar call happens and they come up and they make a start, they make a profession of faith and, and maybe they start down that journey and they repent and they've gotten baptized and they've changed, they quit doing a few things but they have not allowed God to transform their life completely. God cannot do what he wants to do in us fully until we are fully transformed. As it is with everything else in our spiritual walk, we all have choices to make. We can choose to pursue the things of the world, or we can do as Paul said in Romans 12 too. We can choose not to be conformed to the world and instead be transformed into what God wants us to be. If you find yourself continually going back to sinful behavior or being drawn away or enticed 
to walk away from living for God. Let me assure you that that is not what God wants for you. It's not what God wants for me or anyone else. Wherever you find yourself today, if it is not living the transformed life that Paul wrote about in Romans 12, then I plead with you today before you leave this place, please find an altar, fall on your face before God, repent, and ask him to transform you completely by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, God wants us to be transformed into what his will is for us. The things of the world are attractive. They are enticing, but they do not last. They might at best offer temporary happiness, but they will not fill the emptiness that is down inside you or give you lasting peace and joy that you're searching for. If you ask anyone who came to Christ much later in life, most will tell you the same thing, and I've heard this over and over, and this is what I've heard. My biggest regret is that I did not do this sooner. Why? Because after years of conforming to the world, they finally realized that it was an empty, meaningless, and futile search because true joy cannot be found in what the world has to offer. It can only be found in a life that has been transformed by the Holy Spirit. In this verse found here in Romans 12, 2, Paul gives us an equation. And I want you to, to follow, this with, follow through this with me, this equation. First, there's a subtraction. Then there's an addition. And then finally, there is an outcome. And I believe if we can grasp and understand what Paul is saying here, it will give us the tools we need to live overcoming lives and be transformed into the people that God wants us to be. As simplistic as it might sound. The first thing that Paul invites us to do is to say no to the world. The New Living Translation says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Since the values of society and the values found in the Word of God do not align with one another, as long as we are living in this world, there will be a draw to follow after the popular patterns, behaviors, and customs of the world we live in. We are still in the world. We're not going to go close ourselves off in some compound somewhere and separate ourselves from the world. If we did that, we couldn't do what we're called to do, and that's to be a light. So there will be a draw. We don't have to give in to it. There will be a draw to shift our focus away from following after Christ. There will be a draw to stop us from seeking his kingdom and his righteousness as we're told to do in Matthew 6.33. And I will tell you this also, and I'm, we're just going to be real honest this morning. We can't kid ourselves into believing that the things of the world aren't attractive. That's why Paul is writing here, don't be conformed to the patterns of the world. In other words, say no to the world. I am a firm believer that in everyone's life, there are patterns of some kind. Some folks have healthy patterns, others not so much. Maybe right now you're living an overcoming godly life. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you. You're praying. You're reading your Bible, sharing the gospel with everyone you come in contact with. 
And, and I will tell you, I hear more and more from folks here at High Point Church of opportunities that they've had to share the gospel, and they stepped up and did just that. And as a pastor, I want to say thank you, and I want to say I am so proud of y'all. Give yourself a hand. If that is you, if you're doing all those things, then stay in that pattern. Don't be distracted what people might say or do or by what seems enticing out in the world around you. Don't listen to the noise. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit and continue to allow God to use you. And then maybe that's not you. Instead, for whatever reason, you find yourself being caught up in unhealthy patterns, patterns that cause you to focus on the things of the world. And as a result, if we're focused on the things of the world, the things of God rarely, if ever, even cross your mind. If this sounds more like your life right now than the previous description, it's time to take the first step toward transformation in your life. Maybe there needs to be some type of internal dialogue between you and your sinful habits, your patterns and behavior. Maybe that dialogue could go something like this. Sin, you have been creeping into my life ever since every time I convince myself you're gone. But it's time for a change. It's time for a transformation. And even if you continue to present yourself to me as a temptation, let me tell you this, sin, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, and by the authority I have in Jesus Christ, the answer in advance is no. Amen. We have the authority. We have the power in the Holy Spirit to say no. Well, I just don't. Acts 1.8. Jesus told the disciples, go back to Jerusalem, tarry till I send the Holy Spirit. And when you do, you will have power. If you don't have the power, then maybe you didn't get the Holy Spirit. Because if you have the Holy Spirit, you'll have power. That is the first step of transformation. Saying no to sin. Saying no to the things of the world. Can you do it on your own? No. Absolutely not. You cannot do it on your own. But if you will repent of your sins, make Jesus the Lord of your life, and allow the Holy Spirit to give you the power to live an overcoming life, you can then say no to the world. You can then say no to sin. You can break free from these bad patterns in life that continually to drive you deeper and deeper in despair and further and further away from the person that God wants you to be. There are a lot of people in churches today and again, maybe even here, who have an unhealthy pattern in their life right now. Because they, as Paul says, they have been trying to copy or conform to the behaviors and the customs of the world. When we have a pattern in our life, we will be, in some form or fashion, mirroring something. And watch this. Either we mirror the world and its values, or we mirror God and His and as we know, those are two different sets of values. And those two sets of values are on this inevitable collision. They're headed and there will be a collision between those two sets of values. So we can see that the initial part of the equation that Paul wrote about is a subtraction. It's us saying no to the things of the world. And that's great. We've taken something away. So what do we add in its place? Once again, it's as oversimplistic as it might sound. 
we are to say yes to the ways of God. Once you are able to locate the worldly patterns that you've been following and you have ceased to live that way, there is a space that is then created that is exactly the right size for God's transforming work to take place in your life. Somebody didn't believe that. I'll say it again. Once you locate those worldly patterns, the things that you followed after, and you have ceased to do those things, you've ceased to live that way, there is a space that is created. If you take something away, that means there's an empty space. And it is exactly the right size for God's transforming work to take place in your life. God desires that we live a life that is constantly seeking to grow, but we will only grow in the Lord if we're doing the things that encourage growth. I do a little gardening. I'm not particularly good at it, but I do a little gardening. And two of the most important things I have learned over the past several years is that plants need water, and they need it consistently. Sounds pretty simple. I'm, I'm pretty simple here. There were times when I got busy and neglected watering the plants in the garden as I should. And before you know it, the leaves start to wilt. And if something isn't done about it, they will die. The bottom line is, is that if we want plants to grow and produce fruit, then I have to constantly pour onto them that which, is encouraged, that which encourages growth, and that is water. I can't just pour anything on them and expect the results to be the same. I can't pour iced tea on them, whether it's sweet or unsweet. I can't pour Coke Zero for you Coke Zero drinkers. And as unbelievable as it sounds, Dennis, I can't pour coffee on them. I can't do any of those things and expect that garden to grow. The only thing that will provide them what they really need is water. Living an overcoming life, a life that is truly transformed, requires no less. After we realize that sin will never satisfy that longing that's down deep inside of us, and after we have said no to the world, the Lord desires that we live a life that is constantly seeking to grow and produce fruit. But that will only happen if we constantly water our minds with the right things. If we constantly water our minds with the, the word, the things of God, as opposed to the things of the world that draw us back to where we were before we came, away, came to God. And those are the things that will draw us away from God. Paul made it clear in Romans 12, 2, where all of this starts. Capital One asks, what's in your wallet? But I believe what Paul was asking here is, what's in your mind? What's in your mind? In our scripture text today, Paul makes it clear that this transformation begins in our mind. It all comes down to what we think about. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks... So is he. Hold on while I say this. A one-time emotional experience or even a one-time short-term partial transformation is not enough to continue living an overcoming life. In order to reach the place where we should be in the kingdom of God, we have to realize that our ongoing thought process is very important. 
Here's what I mean. Many times, in fact, every time, every time we are tempted to follow after the worldly patterns and values, it begins with a thought. It starts in our mind. We act on it. If we act on it, it becomes sin. This works much the same way for the patterns Christ wants in our lives. The transformation that needs to take place in our lives begins with our thoughts as well. And then when we act on those thoughts, because we have put the right things in our mind, instead of sinning, we find ourselves living an overcoming life for the glory of the Lord. Why? Because we put the right things there. Either way, it starts in your mind, and that's why Paul specifically talked about the renewing of your mind. We need to realize that it's not just about the things we no longer do. It's not just about the things that we have said no to. Now, it becomes about the things we choose to do, and it becomes about the things we say yes to. Spending time reading and studying the Word of God will give us the right type of thought processes. It will help us to respond in the right way when we are confronted with the draw of worldly things. And just like the plants that we were talking about a few minutes ago, we can't simply water our minds every once in a while. And we can't just water it with anything. There must be a healthy routine and pattern that we enter into as well as the right influences that we subject ourselves to. There are plenty of things in the world that we can water our lives with. And very few of them are spiritually healthy. As we're seeing in this sermon series, there is a battle going on. It is a battle for your mind. It is a divide of popular culture and followers of Christ that will inevitably end in a collision. But while the world veers further and further away from the principles found in the Word of God, we don't have to follow that pattern. We need to make sure that we stay focused on the things that really matter. Things like, am I saved? Am I living a transformed life? And if we can answer yes to those two things, the next thing is, am I sharing the gospel and making disciples? Those are the things that matter. Those are the primary things we need to focus on. Everything else is at best temporary. So feed your mind. Fill your mind with things that will feed the things that really matter. That's one of the reasons we as a church have provided a resource called Right Now, right now Media that we offer to everyone free of charge. It is a great start for a healthy spiritual routine and rhythm. It is a great way to start or end your day, and it's free. It's not like Netflix that started off at $9 and now it's at however much. It's free, but unless we use it, it's of no use. It's kind of like having a water hose in the garden, but you never turn it on. Look at this water hose. Woohoo! I can water plants with it. If you don't use it, it's useless. Right now, media is a great tool, but if we don't use it, it's not worth anything. 
We need to read the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. We need to meditate on the Word of God. Come to church and hear the Word of God preached and taught. And if we will do that, we will see consistent spiritual growth individually and as a church. Now, let me say this. If you don't have access to Right Now Media or the Right Now Media app, if you will send an email to hpcbrandon at gmail.com, hpcbrandon at gmail.com, if you will write that down, take a screenshot, take your camera out, and take a picture of that. If you will send an email to that, I will personally see to it that you get an invitation to set up your own account. You will have access to thousands and thousands and thousands of daily devotionals. There's movies. There's kids' stuff, uh, teens, all different ages. There are in-depth Bible studies. There's four, four and five-minute little short Bible studies. There's just everything that you could possibly want to, to feed your mind with good stuff. There's plenty of bad stuff out there. Feed your mind with good stuff. Let's read Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. David is a walking, talking example of the importance of meditating on God's Word day and night. God desires that we not just have the Word near us, but actually in us. It's not enough to carry around a big, giant Bible. It's not enough to say, oh, I've got 47 Bible apps on my phone, if you never open them. It's not enough to just have it there. We have to actually have it in our minds, in our hearts, and in our lives. David also wrote in Psalm 119.11, Your words have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David understood. He needed to have that in his heart. It needed to be down deep inside of him to keep him from doing things that he knew he was tempted to do. And we knew David, he didn't always do the right thing. But he was a smart enough guy to realize that he needed to meditate on the things of the Lord. He needed to hide the word in his heart. Have we done that? Or do we find that we're filling our heart with the things of the world and then wonder why we're struggling with sin? The work of transformation will only be done when we allow God to do it, and he will do it through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Maybe something needs to change in your daily routines in order for God to transform you from the inside out. One thing we can all do is to spend time with him. Because when we do that, we have moved worldly distractions out of the way. If you don't have a set time for a devotion, find a time. Well, I'm just too busy. I, there's only 24 hours in the day. That's a way for most of us, right? That's all I have. We can find the time. We typically can find the time and the resources to do the things that we want to do. It might take getting up 15 minutes earlier. You don't even have to get out of bed. You can reach over and grab your phone or your tablet, 
open it up, doot, and just listen. Ruthie does it a lot. She listens on the way to work because in right now media especially, if you don't have, if you're driving, you don't want to watch a video, but you can put it into listen mode and it'll just go. So we really don't have good excuses for not feeding our minds with the right things. And when we do that, it allows God to come and start and finish that transforming work in our lives. As we've already seen, the transformation begins in our mind. I said earlier that Paul offered an equation in this short passage of Scripture that we're reading today, a subtraction, an addition, and then an outcome. We've seen the subtraction. It was saying no to the world. The addition was saying yes to the things of God, the ways of God. Paul closes out Romans 12, 2 with an outcome once we take these steps toward transformation, and that outcome is this. Find and follow after God's will for our life. The Bible translation we've been using this morning says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The New Living Translation says it like this, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we are renewed in our mind, it is then we'll be able to figure out what God's will is for us. You want to know what God's will is for you? Then according to Paul, you need to say no to the world, stop being conformed to the world, and allow the Holy Spirit to transform your mind. Even though Paul wrote this letter many years ago, it's amazing that God knew what we would need even now. There are many people here today who have spent time searching tirelessly for purpose in their life. You've tried to find it in the things of the world and, and figured out you couldn't because it wasn't there. You've tried to find it in a relationship and you figured out you couldn't because it wasn't there. You tried finding it by achieving a certain social status. And again, you figured out that you couldn't do it because it wasn't there either. None of these things or anything else in the world will provide you with the purpose in life that you are searching for. Christ is the only one who can give you meaning and purpose in your life that will last. And whether you want to hear it or not, let me say that he has called you to do great things for his kingdom here on earth. I've told people that before, and they go, oh, don't talk to me about God's will for my life. I'm not, I'm just saying what the Bible says. I'm not picking on you. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. I can't argue with that one. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Whether you read each one or each of us, it means the same thing. It means all y'all, as we say in the South. It means that once you have said no to the world and you have been transformed, you have been given a calling 
to build up the kingdom of God. You have giftings and abilities that no one else has for the building up of the church. I was talking to someone recently about callings and things that we're, we're called to do. And I said, you know, what some people don't realize is it could be simply a ministry of just being friendly. In fact, the term I used would, was being able to smile at people. And he kind of looked at me and he believed that, but I went on to explain. And I said, there's a lady at our church, her name's Danita, and she would come in and stand out there, sit out there in the, in the foyer of the church and just smile at people when they walked in the door. And I had person after person say, oh, that lady was so nice. She just smiled at me and, and I just felt so welcome. And she did that for a while. And one Sunday morning, she came to me. She said, Pastor, I had a dream. I said, well, tell me about it. She said, I had a dream that I was out in the, the foyer of the church and there was people lined up out the door all the way down the sidewalk. And I was welcoming them as they came in. Yeah. I said, when do you want to start? When can I start? Today? Since that time, Danita has gone from being a greeter at the door to, as of a few weeks ago, being appointed on staff here at High Point Church to the Director of Helps Ministries. She is over, yeah, again. She's over the greeters, the ushers, hospitality. She's over Meals on Wheels. She oversees all of that. And you know what it started with? A smile. It started with a gift, and it was a simple gift. It was a gift of smiling at someone and making them feel welcome. So when we read a scripture like this one, don't get all nervous and shaky and I can't do anything for the Lord. I'm not. You can smile, I hope. And if you can do that, then you can do something. But it doesn't stop there because if you look at what it happened in Danita's life, there has been a transformation. And it is transformed from just something very simple to something where it's very involved. So everyone has a calling. Everyone has a gifting and an ability, an ability that no one else has for the building up of the church. But I wonder how many of us have yet to sense a calling from God because we have allowed our unhealthy rhythms, habits, and behaviors to distract us from the relationship we should have with him. It could be that we have not been able to sense God's leading because we haven't spent any time with him. The good news is this. There is still time right now to rewire your life. The Bible is full of instances where God makes it clear that there is still time to give him your life. Even the thief on the cross next to Jesus had time to receive eternal life. And he was pretty close to the end. 
there is still time in your life. Joel 2.12 says, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. All the way back to Joel's day in the Old Testament, the Lord was inviting us to give him our lives because there's still time. Return. Come back. Run back to him in repentance if you've walked away. Jesus Christ came to this very earth, was tempted by the same worldly things that you and I are tempted by, but he did not sin. Ultimately, he died on a cross for our sins so that we could be transformed. We could be transformed into walking, talking reflections of him. You are not too far gone. Someone needs to hear that this morning. You are not too far gone. You are not out of the game. Christ wants you back. He has a seat for you at the table. Don't let the devil tell you otherwise. We talked about this the other night. The devil is a liar. His language that he speaks is lies. Don't listen. When we are saved, there is a process within us that takes each of us from where we were to a life that is secure and centered on Christ. Yes, it's true that Jesus loves us just the way we are. But it is equally true that he loves us too much to leave us that way. God can never love me because of the... No, he loves you anyway. But he loves you too much to say, just keep doing it the same way. He wants you to be transformed. He died on a cross so that you could be transformed. Jesus gave his life so that we could live not just a, a mediocre life, but it is his desire that we live a transformed life that is fully with him. Transformation is not always a quick or overnight process. It takes time, dedication, commitment on our part. So I will ask us all this question, and please answer honestly. After all, we're in church. Am I willing to partake in what God has for me? Don't answer out loud. Am I willing to partake in what God has for me? We need to ask the Lord to point out all of those areas in our lives that he desires to transform and then prayerfully consider and be willing to do whatever needs to happen. Whatever it would take that would allow God to do the work of transformation in those areas. God, show me those things. As David said, search me, O Lord, and see if there's anything that in my life that shouldn't be there. And if there is, point them out to me. And it's not good enough to just say, okay, I get it. I got all that sin in my life. Then we get rid of it. And then we allow him to transform us. We say no to the world. We say yes to the ways of the Lord. And then we follow in the will, that he, in the, his will and the call that he has placed on our life. It's not too late. In fact, as long as you have breath in your lungs, it's never too late to make a profession of faith, to repent and make the Lord Jesus Christ for the Lord of your life. For some of you today, that would mean returning to a, a vibrant faith and relationship that you've allowed to grow cold. You've allowed the distractions of life to collide with your faith 
And although you felt distant from God for some time, you haven't mustered up enough energy to do anything about it. I know I'm not where I need to be. I've heard that from so many people. I know I'm not where I need to be. Why not? If you know you're not where you need to be, then get where you need to be. If that is you, then today is your day. For some of you, this will be a a new step of faith into a relationship that maybe you've heard others talk about. But now you are ready to make your own. And believe me when I say a life of faith is the greatest adventure that you'll ever take. And the eternal rewards are worth every moment. I want us to pray together this morning. And as we pray, would you stand this morning? As we pray, I'm going to invite anyone who has never made that first step of faith to come this morning and make that first step. Let's bow our heads and pray. Would you come? Lord Jesus, we come to you today with gratitude in our heart. We thank you for your spirit in this place that is drawing us to you. We thank you for our worship today. We thank you for the word that we've heard. We thank you for the words that are drawing us to you closer than we've ever been before. Lord, today I pray that if there is anyone here who has not made a start to live for you, Lord, that they would do that today before they leave this place. If there is anyone here who has walked away or maybe grown cold in their walk with you, that they would come back and renew that. Give us all the power in us, Lord, to say no to the things of the world, to say yes to your way. And Lord, give us the strength and fill us with the Holy Spirit and give us the ability to follow after what your will is in our life. Draw us to you today. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Lord. We'll ask these 